G'day you mob and welcome to Aussie English. I am your host Pete and my objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to sound like a fair income Aussie or you just want to understand what the flipping hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy Aussie English. Let's go. G'day you mob, how's it going? Welcome to this episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. I'm your host, Pete, and uh, first off, I need to give you an apology, guys. I'm sorry that I didn't release an episode last Sunday. I'm not sure if you can tell, but my voice is a little bit husky. I've got a bit of a uh, a bit of a <laughs> rough voice, and it's because I've had a chest infection for the last week or so, and so my voice, yeah, it was just cooked. And um, <laughs> it was just really difficult to talk. So, I'd kind of lost my voice over the last week or so. And uh, yeah, I need to have I need to have more episodes in the bank lined up, I think, so that in future I can rely on those when I'm sick. But yeah, apologies that I didn't release anything. I think that is the first time I haven't released an episode on a Sunday since the podcast began. So, yes, for the third time, my apologies. Anyway, guys, before we get into this episode, don't forget if you want the transcripts for these podcast episodes so that you can listen and read every single word that I say, you can do this simultaneously then go to aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast where you can sign up for the premium podcast membership. It'll also give you access to bonus episodes that only members can access. You'll be able to use the premium podcast player so that you can listen and play the text at the same time. So, you can listen to the audio, the text will scroll and you can pause, rewind, change the speed, everything like that. And then obviously, most importantly, you will get the transcripts that you can print out highlight, take notes on. You can do all sorts of stuff. You can, yeah, you can make a book out of them. You can do whatever you want. You could start a fire with the transcripts. You can do whatever you want. Then, yeah, go to aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, so, aside from being a little under the weather, being a little bit sick, it has been a good week. We are ramping things up this year. We're doing more and more and more. I'm still working on this course that I'm going to hopefully release by the end of this month, the Aussie Accents 30-Day Challenge. So, I'm looking forward to releasing that for you guys. This is going to be where you'll be able to day by day, every single day, complete a 10 to 15-minute lesson and get exposure to, I think there are going to be 34, maybe 35 different Australian accents. So, different People, old people, young people, men, women, people of different backgrounds, all sorts of stuff. But the focus will be on rapidly leveling up your listening comprehension so that when you hear hopefully any Australian accent, you'll be able to understand it. Whether it's a bogan talking to you and, you know, whoop whoop in the middle of nowhere or a professor from a university chatting with you after a lecture. So, anyway, guys, let's get into today's question, which comes from Ada. Ada asks... What do you suggest for a newcomer to Australia to do to level up their English speaking skills? Okay, so, I guess first and foremost, I would work out the ways that make the most sense for you to use your English more, right? So, is it going to make more sense for you to be thinking about speaking at work or at uni or when out and about with friends? You know, where do you do most of your speaking in English and with other 
English speakers with other Aussies or, you know, non-Aussies, but people speaking English. So, what are those situations? I'd then be thinking about hobbies and social events. You know, are there things that you could do? Can you go to more social events? Could you pick up a hobby where you're getting together with other Aussies or other English speakers somewhere on a regular basis, even if it's once a week, a fortnight, a month, and you can obviously speak about that passion uh, with those people? Can you go to more parties? Can you go out? You know, if you're living in a city somewhere, can you go out more frequently uh, and socialize with your friends or meet new people? And again, be using your language skills. I would avoid using your native language as much as possible, at least to begin with, right? So, if you've just arrived in Australia, I've heard stories from students that I've had in the past where an example would be, you know, there was a girl I was giving lessons to. She was from, I think she was from Colombia. She came to Australia. She immediately met other Colombians. She moved in with other Colombians. She got a job through her Colombian friends and was working with other Colombians. She was studying English with other Colombians. So, she was constantly speaking Spanish much, much, much more frequently than English. Whereas, I know it's hard, right? Because we want to be around people that we can chat to, that we can develop friendships with. And if your English skills aren't where your native language skills are, obviously, uh, it's harder to do that. But if you, say, just arrive in Australia and instantly dive straight back into your native language, it kind of defeats the purpose, right? Of coming all this way if your goal is to improve your language skills. So, I would- Avoid immediately meeting other people who speak your native language, moving into a house with them, uh, getting a job with them. If those things aren't already set up and happening, I would be working as hard as I can to move into a house with other people who are either native speakers or non-speakers of your native language where you have to use English. I'd get a job somewhere where hopefully there are no speakers of your native language, so you always have to rely on English. So, the basic thing is setting up your life so that you are forced to use English as much as possible, at least initially, right? Like, if you can do that for the first three months, the first six months, the first nine months, the first year, your English is going to rapidly improve so fast compared to if you are constantly surrounded by your native language. And then other tips, I mean, getting private lessons from someone, get on italki or Verbling, these websites online, have a look on Gumtree and try and find a tutor, even if you're just catching up with them once a week or fortnight, Getting lessons, going somewhere where you can chat with someone that you can ask questions about English. You know, you can run things by them. You can ask them about pronunciation or grammar, all that sort of stuff. And you can get feedback on your English skills. You could do group lessons. You could even have study mates, right? Find friends that are also learning English, catch up with them on a regular basis, socialize, develop friendships with them, go get coffee and use your English. And then lastly, I guess, you know, shameless self-plug, join my academy. So, if you join up to my Academy membership, the doors are closed right now, but they'll be open again, I think, on the 1st of April. You'll be able to join, you know, up to five to six different group lessons every single week. You jump into the Academy group on WhatsApp. You can chat with everyone there. Marjan, a beautiful member inside the Academy. And when I say beautiful, I mean, she's- well, she's beautiful, but she's a beautiful person. Her um, personality is amazing, Marjan. I really- I'm a huge fan of yours. And she often organises get-togethers in Sydney with other Academy members. So, they often catch up as well. So, yeah, check out my Academy when the doors are open. There's loads of content in there, but the biggest focus of it is to get you speaking with other members, but also with the teachers in there, the Australian teachers that are going to help you improve your conversation skills, your fluency, your professional English, business English, public speaking, everything like that. So, anyway, guys, I've ranted about that a bit, but I hope that helps Ada. Uh, Let me know. Let me know how you go. And if you guys have thought, you know, Pete, you've forgotten some other cool tips, definitely shoot me a message. Send me a message. Tell me what your sort of advice is when 
trying to help people improve their speaking skills. You know, what did you do? How did you have success? So, anyway, guys, slap the bird and let's get into today's joke. Okay, so today's joke, I had to try and tie this in with leg as the expression today is have no leg to stand on. Okay, so here's the joke. Why do actors say break a leg? Why do actors say break a leg? Because every play has a cast. Did you get it? Every play has a cast. Okay, so first I'll explain the expression break a leg. Break a leg, this phrase is believed to be rooted in the theatre community which is known to be very superstitious. Performers believed saying things like good luck or, you know, I hope you do well would actually bring about bad luck. So, you weren't allowed to say something positive and instead they would say something like break a leg, right? So, the idea being that you would go out on stage as a performer, trip over and break your leg whilst acting. But yeah, so, it's sort of like opposite day, right? They're wishing you bad luck, thinking that that was actually giving you good luck, (laughs) if that makes sense. Okay, but the, the pun here is on the word cast. Cast. So, a cast can be, um, you know, in the sense of a movie, a series, a theatre with lots of actors, the cast of the play, the series, the film is all the people who act in it. That is the cast, C-A-S-T, of that play or film or series, right? So, the theatre had an incredibly talented cast of actors. Their cast was amazing. But cast can also mean a plaster cast, right? Again, still C-A-S-T. This is a bandage that's stiffened with plaster of Paris moulded to the shape of a limb that has been broken, right? So, if you did break your leg, you would probably have surgery to align the bones and then have your leg set and put a cast around it to hold everything in place, right? So, why do actors say break a leg? Because every play has a cast, right? Because if you break a leg, you've got to have a cast and every play has a cast of actors. There you go. All right, let's get into today's expression. So, today's expression is to have no leg to stand on. To have no leg to stand on. So, we'll go through the words first. I'll then give you the definition of how to use the expression, have no leg to stand on. We'll talk about the origin, some examples of how to use it, a little pronunciation exercise, and then a listening comprehension exercise right at the end. Okay, so to have, I'm sure you know this verb, to possess something. She has three brothers. I don't have a lot of money. Have. No. No is not one, not any, nothing of something, right? So, zero, the absence of something. I have no time. There are no people at the beach. There's no money in my bank account. I don't know why I'm talking about money so much. (laughs) A leg. A leg is one of two appendages used to stand up and walk around on, right? If you're a human. So, other animals might have more, you know, a horse might have four legs. A crustacean might have 10 legs. The ballet dancer has slender legs. I've never eaten prawn legs. To stand. This is to have or maintain an upright position, right? So, if I'm sitting in a chair at the moment, if I straighten my legs, elevate my body and get up in an upright position, I am standing, right? That is me standing up. He stood up and walked out of the room. She's standing in front of the house to stand. And if you stand on something, on here is a preposition meaning physically in contact with and supported by the surface of something. So, it's on something, right? On top of something. At the moment, my phone, I've got my phone here. I've just dropped it on the table. So, if you stand on something, you are standing above that thing with your feet on it and it's supporting your weight. I'm standing on my own two feet. The actor is standing on the stage and it can also mean to step on, right? So, you could stand on someone's toe. Or uh, I accidentally stood on a snail. Oh, no, I'm so sorry, mate. 
So, to have no leg to stand on, like literally, this would be obviously that you don't have any legs and you can't stand up, right? And you may hear variants of it. You may hear have no leg to stand on, to not have any leg to stand on, without any leg to stand on or with no leg to stand on. And remember, have no is the same as not have any if we negate the verb in front of no. So, if you wanted to say have no and you wanted to negate have, you can't use no anymore. You have to use any, right? Otherwise, you're using a double negative. So, you wouldn't say I don't have no. You say I have no or I don't have any. But the definition of the expression is to have no support for what you're saying, what you think or what you're doing, right? So, if you have no leg to stand on, It is that there is no reason for you to think what you think, to say what you're saying, to do what you're doing. There's no justifiable reason for you to do that thing, right? You have no leg to stand on. You have no support for that thing. So, let's go through the origin of this expression. I looked this up and it came off Rolls Off The Tongue blog on Tumblr. Late 16th century British English, there is a speculation that the lack of support originally referred to furniture perhaps even to stools with various numbers of legs, from four to none. With the disappearance of each leg, the stool would provide less and less support to someone sitting on it. Eventually, it became a metaphor for losing positions in arguments, debates and court cases to have no leg to stand on. So, let's go through how I would use this expression, to have no leg to stand on or to not have any leg to stand on in day-to-day English. Example number one. Imagine you love playing cards with your friends, but one of them tends to be a bit of a cheat, right? They like cheating. They like trying to trick you so that they can win. So, this friend of yours, he's always got a card up his sleeve, figuratively and maybe literally. He's always lying or breaking the rules so that he can win the game. And when you guys catch up and play with your friends, it's always really annoying if he keeps, you know, behaving this way. So, one day when you're all sitting around playing poker or blackjack, you know, one of these card games, he accuses someone else of cheating, despite the fact that everyone knows this guy is a massive cheat. So, because he's a hypocrite, right, he's the pot calling the kettle black, he's being hypocritical, he's a cheater, complaining someone else is a cheater, you could say, mate, you're a cheater, you got no leg to stand on, right? You don't have any leg to stand on, you've you've no leg to stand on. Because we all know you cheat all the time. So, there's no point in you throwing out these accusations of other people being cheats when you are a cheat. You have no leg to stand on. Your complaints are unjustified. Example number two. So, you work for a company that's doing the dirty on you, right? They're stealing your wages. They're not paying you enough money that you deserve, maybe that you legally deserve to, for the work that you're doing, for your labour. But unfortunately, you don't have any hard evidence for this. Perhaps someone told you about what's going on, but you don't have any sort of like written evidence, right? It's just hearsay. This person's just sort of told you, oh, yeah, I think this is going on. So, if you come forward and make a complaint, your lack of evidence, the fact that you have no evidence will mean, unfortunately, you have no leg to stand on. So, no one will be able to accept your accusation without hard evidence to back it up. You have no leg to stand on. You need to find something to prove your accusation first. And example number three. So, sometimes this might happen around my house and I'm sort of throwing myself to the wolves, throwing myself under the bus by giving this as an example, but I'll do it anyway. (laughs) Sometimes I have a day at home by myself where my kids are at daycare and my wife's at work. And my, my, my wife might have asked me to clean up a little bit, to do some laundry, do some dishes, mow the grass, you know, she'll have a whole list of chores for me to, to try and complete by the time she gets home. And I might say, oh, yeah, sure. 
but oh man, it's going to be a busy day of, of, of work for me, right? So, the moment she leaves, I might do a little bit of work, but then take it easy for the rest of the day, right? All of a sudden, I start playing a video game and the day gets away from me and all of a sudden, she gets home, right? Eight hours later and I'm like, oh, geez, I've been playing the game the whole time, didn't do any of the chores, what the hell happened? So, if she finds out I wasn't working and doing all the things she asked, I might have no leg to stand on if I try and act like I just didn't have time to do the chores, right? Oh, I was super busy, you know, doing what? Uh, Playing a video game? Yeah, Pete, you don't have any leg to stand on there, mate. Uh, You're going to have to stay up until late tonight doing the chores I asked you to do. You've got no leg to stand on. So, there you go, guys. Hopefully, now you understand the expression to have no leg to stand on. If you don't have any legs to stand on or you don't have any leg to stand on, it means to have no support for what you think, say or do, right? So, what you're thinking, saying or doing is unjustifiable. It isn't justified. There's no good reason for you to do it. Uh, Yeah. So, as usual, let's go through a little pronunciation exercise. This is where I'm going to read out some words and phrases related to the word or the, the expression, have no leg to stand on. And your goal is to speak out loud and try and pronounce these just like me if you're working on your Aussie accent. If you're not working on your Australian accent, you speak with a British accent or American accent, no problem with that at all. Just read out the sentences in your preferred accent as well. Okay, let's go. Two, to have, to have no, to have no leg, to have no leg too, to have no leg to stand, to have no leg to stand on. 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 I have no leg to stand on. You have no leg to stand on. He has no leg to stand on. She has no leg to stand on. We have no leg to stand on. They have no leg to stand on. It has no leg to stand on. Good job, guys. So, let's talk a little bit about emphasis and intonation, right? So, when I'm just saying this phrase... To have no leg to stand on. If I slow it down a bit. To have no leg to stand on. You'll hear the intonation kind of rises and falls over the entire phrase. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Right? So, it goes up and then just slowly drops down. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. 
to have no leg to stand on. And which words do you hear me saying that are emphasised? So, which ones are sort of coming forth? If I, if I give you that phrase again, to have no leg to stand on, you'll hear have, no, leg and stand. To have no leg to stand on. To have no leg to stand on. So, that's where I'm putting the stress, right? All the important words, the verbs, uh, the nouns. So, to have no leg to stand on. To have no leg to stand on. Good job. And I might add too, when you're saying this in the plural, you may use, say, we have no legs to stand on. It depends on how you're thinking about it, right? If you're thinking about the expression as usually no leg to stand on, you may leave it singular, no leg to stand on. But then if you're thinking, oh, well, there's we, you know, what's they, you may pluralize legs. So, you might say we have no legs to stand on. They have no legs to stand on. It's sort of really up to you or or the speaker who's speaking. So, anyway, guys, let's go into the last part here, last little section. I'm going to play a clip from an Aussie show called Mystery Road Origin. And the excerpt is, Jay Swan takes up his first posting in an outback town. A tragic death, an epic love, and the brutal reality of life as a police officer straddling two worlds will change his life forever. So, you can go and watch this show for free if you sign up for iView on iview.abc.net.au. So, go check out this website. It's run by ABC, which is funded by the government. And you can just make a free account, I believe, and you'll be able to watch the entire series. So, the the name of the game here is that I am going to play a snippet for you twice. And your goal is to listen, try and understand what's being said, and write out the phrases you hear being said. This one's a bit of a long one today. So, don't feel bad if you've got to play it multiple times. But it's a really good exercise for, again, learning the Australian accent, working on your English listening comprehension, everything like that. Okay. So, are you ready to go? Here's the first playthrough. Don't, don't, don't play this, this grieving son. Huh? I know what that is. That's not grief. That's control because you've got none of it. Inside you, brother, inside here. I've got enough control not to steal from the dead family. <laughs> Stealing. No, 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 no. That's inheritance. Put it down. Good job. How'd you go? Did you get all of it? It's a bit long, but give it a whirl. Here you go. Second time. Don't, don't, don't don't play this, this grieving son. Huh? I know what that is. That's not grief. That's control because you've got none of it. Inside you, brother. Inside here. I've got enough control not to steal from the dead family. <laughs> Stealing. No, 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 no. That's inheritance. Put it down. All right. Good job. Now, remember, you can check your answer if you download today's free worksheet. So, just go to the website and to this episode, www.aussieenglish.com.au. Just look for this episode and the free worksheet will be there. You can find the answer there. But if you're also a premium podcast member, you'll see the words in the transcript too. Anyway, thanks so much for joining me, guys. I hope you have an amazing week. Again, sorry for not publishing an episode last Sunday. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) Love you guys. Chat soon.